G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Easter isn't just about Jesus dying on the cross to save us from our sins. I mean, it is that. But it's also about him rising again to give you and me the hope of a resurrection. Not just a resurrection sometime in the future, but here and now to a new life. A real hope of a new life. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take another look at Easter from a different perspective. Easter is a time for hope. Not a wishy-washy, uncertain hope like, well, I hope I'll lose some weight on this diet, or I hope the weather finds up tomorrow. No, not that. When the Bible talks about hope, it means a certain hope. The sort of hope that throws a ray of sunshine into your day because you realise that you have something amazing to look forward to. The hope of the resurrection of the dead. That when you and I die, we will go to be with Jesus in paradise based only on our faith in him, not on what we do or don't do. It's exactly what Jesus said to the criminal that was strung up on that cross next to him on that very first Easter. Although, of course, it wasn't called Easter back then. It was the Passover celebration. Have a listen. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with Jesus. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, then save yourself. There was also an inscription over him that read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other one rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, verses 32 to 43. Now, although that was obviously a terrible, terrible circumstance in which to receive the promise of eternal life with Jesus, I think you'll agree there was a sense of immediacy to that promise. That criminal knew that he was about to die. He could feel it. The agonizing, the excruciating, long-suffering death by suffocation, which is how you die when you're nailed to a cross. By the way, this was the very first man recorded in Scripture to receive the gift of eternal life based on faith in Jesus. And it happened on the same day, within just a few hours of the promise that Jesus made to him. Most of us don't know how long we have left on this earth. Some who've had maybe a bad medical prognosis might have some idea, but most of us don't. I could live another 50 years, 
or I could be gone tomorrow. I don't know, and I don't want to know. But what we do know, what we do see, is the long path ahead, the trials that we're going through, and the trials which are so much part of life that lie ahead. But this resurrection, this new life, doesn't just begin when we die and go to heaven. It's meant to begin the very moment we believe in Jesus. In fact, it has begun the very moment you believed in Jesus. It's as though we've died and risen again here and now. Have a listen to this amazing scripture that says exactly that. Romans chapter 6 verses 1 to 4. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living to it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Did you get that? The point that Paul's making, the point that God is making through the Apostle Paul, who wrote that letter to the Roman church, is that the moment we put our faith in Jesus, we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. We are freed from the sin that's held us back and held us down and ruined things for us thus far. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, so have we been that we may walk in the newness of life, a new life, born again, a here and now resurrection. Why do so many people who believe in Jesus not get this? Why do so many people who believe in Jesus struggle with who they are and what they've done and the mistakes they've made? Hello? Those things are dead and gone and buried. And now, through the resurrection of Jesus, anyone who believes in him can walk in newness of life by his power. Here's Paul saying it again in a different way to the Ephesian church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. He said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope of to which he's called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and all authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and made him the head of all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul wanted us to know the hope and the riches and the incredible power of God that we now already have. The same power that brought Jesus back to life. Resurrection power, new life power available to you so that you may walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. And it's that power, seeing that power at work in your life day by day, setting you free from the shackles of sin, one shackle at a time, that gives us the hope to know that one day that resurrection will be consummated before God. It's like a down payment, this resurrection power, evidence of God's intention. This here and now resurrection power speaks of the resurrection that we will experience on that day when our lives here on earth come to an end. 
In fact, that's again what Paul says just a few verses earlier about the Holy Spirit. Verses 13 and 14 of Ephesians chapter 1. In him, in Christ, you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit power, the resurrection power, is a pledge, a down payment, a deposit to demonstrate to you the reality of your inheritance that is to come. When you buy a house, you put down a 10% deposit, which is evidence to the vendor of your intention to pay the rest and complete the sale at the agreed time. That's what this passage of scripture means. The resurrection power of the Holy Spirit that you see at work in your life is God's deposit and pledge of the resurrection you will experience on that day. That's why we can have hope in the coming of Jesus. That's why we know that there are riches coming beyond anything that we can imagine because the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is clear, unmistakable evidence of that. Anyone who's listening today, who's had this sad sack, nothing's changed in my life thing going on, for you, this is great news. Grab a hold of it with both hands. Live every minute of every day in the certain knowledge that the Holy Spirit is at work in you. And as a consequence, you can have a real hope in your eternity with Jesus. With all that we have going on in our lives, Man, it's easy just to kind of drift out of our relationship with God. You know, you just get so preoccupied with everything else. And one day you wake up and realize that your relationship with God ain't what it used to be. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my special edition book, How to Get Close to God. Because His Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that God will draw you ever closer to himself through this book. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.